This is Will and MJ on Triple M. Are we live? You took the words right out of my mouth. They're awake and they're on fire. Will, we've reconvened in the Triple M studios and yes. there is plenty, plenty to discuss. How much have we got to discuss? I haven't seen so much footy news that's up our alley in a long, long time. Yep. And I find myself at the centre of one of the stories. I actually can't believe this. Now, the sports bet betting scandal, I normally wouldn't name the betting company, but in this instance, it's no. very important. Name away. Name and shame. Name away. We're going to cross to Tommy Brown very shortly for the latest on the sports bet scandal. I've been on the phone to lawyers. I'm so much involved in this story. It's not funny. It's typically something you wouldn't say seriously. I've been on the phone to lawyers, but you have. You've I have been, been on the phone to lawyers. You have been discussing to QC. I've got a thousand bucks on the line here, Will. Yep. <laughs> I'm putting as much work as I possibly can into this. You, you absolutely should be. My aim is to shed some light on the situation. Besides the sports bet betting scandal, what else are we going to discuss on the show? Dale Thomas has found himself at the mm. centre of a, well, another scandal. Yep. Or is it? I've got a feeling Tom Brown knows a lot about this one. He does. Tommy Brown, reporter from Channel 7 and Triple M's Hot Breakfast, is going to join us next just to shed a little bit of light. And then I'm just going to turn the torch on full bore. <laughs> Let's do it. Harder than it looks. It is harder than it looks. <laughs> <laughs> this is Will and MJ on Triple M. And that voice you hear there is Tommy oh. Brown. Reporter from Channel 7 and The Hot Breakfast. And Will, he's been on fire lately, breaking stories around Devin Smith. He broke that. Joe Danaher yep. broke that. Yep. Brad Scott's resignation from North Melbourne tick, broke tick, that. Tick, tick, And the biggest story that it's emerged this week, which actually I put him on to Thursday, but we won't dwell on that, is that Sportsbet have found themselves at the centre of a massive scandal involving themselves and a very large group of punters, which seems to be over a 1,000 punters yep. who... They are refusing to pay out the full amount in terms of bets that went down on Thursday. It's a very, very interesting story. Now, Tommy Brown, how are you, mate? Good morning, Will. Good morning, MJ. Great to be on. It's awesome to have you on. Do you, are you able to shed any light on this story? Yes, yeah, so this story started basically when MJ discovered it on Thursday night. He called me at home and I sort of dismissed it saying, oh, betting stories, you know, too much trouble, too much hassle, rah, rah, rah. On Monday morning, MJ sent me more information that the bet would have come off and then sent me a whole bunch of information and we reported it on the hot breakfast. Basically, as you guys mentioned, there's up to a 1,000 punters considering a class action lawsuit because they multi, which is a number of leagues in a bet, nine leagues in a bet, they multi no player getting more than 40 touches for the round. That actually would have won. That didn't take place. So the bet would have won. Now, these punters, went online on Thursday night and Friday morning and basically couple up all the odds. So it would have been about 120 to 150 to 1. Yep. They put respective amounts on it. And then Sportsbet cancelled that bet, citing their ability to cancel bets where they've made some type of error on Friday afternoon, writing to those punters. Now, there's been a big development in the last 12 or 18 hours. It's got significant media attention. I think it was in The Australian yesterday. It was on the hot breakfast on Triple M. Yesterday morning, it was Channel 7, 7 and 9 News last, last night, wasn't it? Tom? 7 and 9 mm -hmm. News last night. I haven't seen the 9 report, but it was on. I know Michael Felgate reported it last night on 7 News. 10 missed it. <laughs> <laughs> they did get uh, Damien Hardwick's rant, though, on Friday morning. It was the uh, one footy story they've broken all year. Anyway, okay. so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not, that we're, not that we're keeping score or anything, Tom. <laughs> I like yeah. the, the podcast is just your opportunity for a whack, a rival whack. <laughs> Um, no, they well did a good job with that one. Anyway, so basically <laughs> what happened was
sports bet's now saying, okay, yeah. okay, there's lots of aggrieved punters who have heard about this potential class action. Mm-hmm. We'll honour the bet at what they describe as the correct odds, correct in the inserted commas. They say the correct odds were about 10 to 1. That's left a lot of punters who would have won significant amounts, including a certain host of this show, perhaps. Yeah. So scratching their heads going, well, you can't just correct odds retrospectively and make yeah. them up as they suit you. Yes. When you accept the bet, it goes to a little like a little ticker, like that little mm. apple sort of circle. It considers your bet and says accepted or denied. And in this case, they're accepted across up to a thousand punters. Sports bet facing a payout, you know, on the odds they offered of eight or nine million dollars. Now MJ and I have taken this story a bit further this morning. We spoke to a professional punter and mathematician that will go by the name Ron, and he looked into this and thought what's happened is that sports bet looks like a set of market yep. at $1.80 per leg or so, depending mm. on the game. They've adjusted those odds throughout Thursday and Friday morning, realised they're up for a massive payout as they tried to balance up their book, if you like. These are just suggestions and, I yeah. guess, allegations to an extent. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've got caught out then, realised they would uh, cancel the bet. Adding to the controversy was the fact that they originally took the money on the plus 40 possession side. They refunded that money yesterday, as well as the fact that a lot of punters are going, well, you're happy to take my money, but you're not happy to pay it out. So we need to get some answers and uh, see if this class action actually goes further. There is a precedent, Ladbrokes in the Northern Territory, which is where Sportsbet, we understand, is incorporated. That's where they've got their licences. That's where they've got their licences. They were taken to court under a previous EPL multi-league bet. In that instance, they found that the only grounds on which you could cancel one of these bets were if you made like a manifest error, like a typographical type error when you're setting the odds. In this instance, mm-hmm. it looks more like a mathematical error. It's not like they've put in $3 and entered in 300 accidentally. It's a yeah. $1.80 versus $1.30. So, uh, which doesn't seem like much, but when multiplied across nine games, oh, yeah. it becomes an extraordinary amount. So they can't just say that, that they meant to put a dollar forty and they put a dollar seventy. Like That's not... That that's just a an, an error on their part. That's yeah. not a, a typo or a no. But they're they're nine errors across nine games, so yeah. they can't be typos. You can't be making the same error that often, Tommy. You can't, and that's the controversy, and that's the uh, controversy amongst punters. Sure, a lot of smart punters like MJ may have uh, got cotton on this pretty quickly, mm-hmm. but uh, look, that's the market, and that's the market in which we live. So it's going to be interesting to see. If all these punters can get organised, get the class action up and going and see what happens, it could become an important test case in the uh, wonderful world of multis that are used out there to fund things like wedding rings and holidays, yeah. uh, rent mm. and anything else that people are using multi-winnings and losses for. So some answers we need, Tommy. I'm, I have spoken to lawyers. They're researching uh, for me if there is a case to answer. They're checking the sports bet's terms and conditions. At this stage, we don't think sports bet are completely in the clear, so there is a chance they'll pay this money out. Mm. The other thing we're w- trying to work out details on is how to create a class action, how many people you need, what kind <laughs> of money that will cost, because these are all details that non-legal types don't really know, Tommy. Now, I know you've got a legal background. Can you shed any light onto those specific issues? Yeah, you don't need a set number of plaintiffs for a uh, class action lawsuit. You and I could launch a class action against the next-door neighbour if you've got a case against them. But obviously, um, what commonly happens is that a firm like Gordon Legal, if they recognise an injustice has taken place or they reckon they've got a strong case, and and what happens, it's, it's relatively straightforward, honestly. They'll have to get all the facts, get all the betting slips, get all the information, draft what's called a statement of claim, which is basically the uh, details of your claim against sports bet. You mm-hmm. go to court, they get to file a defence, and you'll get your date in court one day. You'll either win or lose, and there's various appeal rights. Obviously, it can take time. It can take significant amounts of time. 
just a very short answer here, Tom. You've been doing a lot of reading on this. Is your gut feel that we'll get paid out or not? Uh, I think I, I, I don't mean to cop out. I think it's ambiguous. In the existing precedent case, it looks like they underestimated an EPL player playing a certain number of minutes, and that resulted mm-hmm. in a certain number of passes that player got. In this instance, it's more ambiguous. But I think, yes, it will eventually get up. That's my guess at this stage. Well, just quietly, if there were to be a class action, do you think it would be the most degenerate-looking bunch of, uh, of budding hey, defendants God. walking into a courtroom of, in, of all time, clutching their betting, betting slips, wearing their trackies? And... Don't look at me while you say that. Will it expose all the blokes that do these multis? Guys like me and MJ, I reckon it's quite a private school bunch of, uh, of uh, city accountants and lawyers and uh, yeah. investment bankers and uh, all these blokes from the inner suburbs that uh, like putting, putting on these multis. As well as a whole host of uh, I, look, honestly, I think Will's picturing cop- people with moccasins on. I'm picturing people like tracksuit pants. People wearing no, their no. their good suit for the first time this year. Uh, hey, Tommy, before we let you go, what read do you have on the Dale Thomas situation? Um, I think Daisy Thomas basically shed light on that on the hot breakfast this morning. Dale Thomas was out on Friday night. He went to like a culinary event that was organised by his housemate. His housemate is actually a celebrity chef or a moderate celebrity chef that wasn't responsible for the duck tree, but I have played golf with him before. He's a good guy. And they basically <laughs> match wine with food. Now, why Daisy should be going to like a charity event on a Friday night of a weekend in which he plays where Brendan Bolton might be three weeks away from losing his job. Look, not an ideal situation, but Daisy was trying to let off a bit of steam after a pretty rough week getting suspended. He's been with a close group of friends having some wine. And there is a suggestion, I think it was on Footy Classified last night, that he might have gone slightly overboard. I don't think he did. I think he was home by 11.30 or 12. I reckon he might have had greater than two wines. That's only a guess. But look, he was there raising money for charity. He donated himself uh, to meet and greet at a footy game in the rooms. They raised, I think, about $370,000. I actually reckon this is an opportunity, guys, for Daisy and the Carlton Leadership Group to say, Daisy, look, we're not going to publicly embarrass you, but we're putting it on you to get 25 touches plus, speaking of touches, against the Bombers this week, and maybe you'll respond. Okay. So how, if he is at a charity event on Friday night, Tom, how does this make the media on a Monday night during footy classified? So you don't need to reveal your specific source in this instance, but how do you find out about something like that, Tommy? No, I'm not talking about Tommy here, Will. I'm talking about how Carlton or how footy classified knew that he'd had a couple of wines on Friday night. But it's 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 the same process that you would undertake. Well, it's the old iPhone story, guys. There's some pictures of him looking a bit loose on Friday night. So they get out. Um, some uh, would-be Blues mm-hmm. fans who are frustrated haven't won a game in about 44 years post pictures of Daisy out. He looks a bit happy, and then people make inquiries. So, so, oh, so that, he was out publicly. He got out. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I, think, I think it was the Grand Hyde in the foyer or something. So someone's so taken pictures and, and sent them through to either Footy Classified or, or to Carlton or to some oh, media organisation or I journalist, think journalists, you think? journalists cotton on to them yesterday. But it's interesting. The story mm. broke pretty late. Footy Classified had it on. I think they recorded about nine o'clock. It wasn't mentioned in all fairness on talking footy on the couch, three sixty or the Herald Sun didn't have it. Okay. So someone associated with classified who uh, did some uh, work, perhaps Caro, uh, was was onto the story. Okay. Well we'll we need to discuss that next. I want to talk more about this because for a football player to go out and have a couple of wines and for photos to be taken of him without his permission, I'd, I'm not happy with this, Tommy, but I appreciate your time here with I us. I think he was posing with the fans for the photos. It wasn't oh, a okay. issue with the fans. Oh, okay. mm. All right. Well, that's the thing. That I'm, I'm, I'm sure someone didn't get, take a photo of Daisy and then send it directly to Caro. I think mean, no. you only need to go through a couple of hands <laughs> before it ends up in... 
the hands of someone who knows someone. Caro would still have a Nokia. <laughs> but seriously, the, the, the guys that take the club, look, we accept you're out legitimately, but you've put yourself in a position where you can be criticised. We're not going that well because uh, you just sort of, you know, stayed in on a Friday night. But what yeah, do you do? Go enough. home and watch the, the white wall. I mean, you've got to do something with your night. Yeah, yeah, true. Game of Thrones is finished. So yeah. Not much else to do. All right, Tommy. Thanks so much. If you get any developments on sports bet over the next hour, can you give us a call? Because we'll be recording. We're ready to roll. We want to break this news as it comes to hand. Thanks, guys. So what Tommy has alluded to there yep. is snitches. Mm. Now, like I said, I don't think... At, at some stage yep. in this Dale Thomas story, someone has snitched. Yep. Now, I don't think they sent a photo of Daisy Thomas directly to Caro's Motorola razor. <laughs> a pink one. She hasn't flipped it open and gone, no, Dale no. looks drunk. <laughs> yeah, no. But no. it's been sent to someone who's sent to someone who said, oh my God, Caro would love this. And at some stage, a producer or a yeah. journalist or someone's gone, hang on a minute, Daisy shouldn't be drinking yeah. on a Friday night. Uh, and it's ended up on Two days before fun. a game. Yeah. Someone has snitched at some point, Will. That's, yeah. See, Daisy's the minor story. And if Tom's right, I hadn't really thought about that Daisy volunteered to have the photo and maybe had a glass of wine in his hand. Yeah. That might be a mistake on his behalf. But I imagine at some stage someone's seen that photo and decided to report on it or tell Carlton about it. Yeah. There's there's snitches all across this story. This isn't the first example of this happening recently. The other one is Stephen May having a beer in a front bar area in Richmond. That's the major story here. Mm. I don't think Daisy having a wine is a big deal, but snitches in the AFL. Yeah. Not players, not coaching staff, fans. Fans or journalists or producers yep. or whoever. Snitching. Snitching on people. It's the lowest act. I'm not a fan of snitches. The person no. that took the photo of Stephen May that ended up on the That's about as low as it gets. Sun. That's as low as it gets. It's it's worse than, you know, publicly The guys having yourself. a few beers on a Sunday night. Who do you think you are to go and take photos of someone trying to have a beer? I know this story happened a few weeks ago, but yeah. I'm not happy with that at all. And whoever's caused Daisy this issue as well. He was at a charity event. Yeah. He's thirty one. Yeah. He's a and year older than I am and you're allowed to have a few beers if you want on a Friday night. It's just reminded me of um not that it's snitching, but yeah. I remember seeing um, Alex Fasolo at a Gang of Youth concert in February, and I believe he'd been injured just beforehand. <laughs> Sorry. Hang on. Well, snitching I'm doesn't have a use. This. Snitching doesn't have a use by date. Yeah, there's a statute of limitations on snitching. Because uh, yeah, I found it. Here's a photo of Alex Fasolo on the on the shoulders of someone <laughs> Gang of Youth concert. I thought that's interesting. Hey. He's <laughs> probably. So, hey, are you saying you took that photo of Alex Fasolo? Just for my own personal amusement. I didn't send it to that many people. That, that, is, that, is, that is exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, it's That's like snitching. Taking photos of AFL players in public places is, and then it's just taking the photos a low act. In the process of finding that for solo photo, I've also found my photo of um, Max Gorn at uh, Bon Jovi. <laughs> That's not snitching. He's not doing anything wrong. In fairness, he's a foot taller than all the mums there. <laughs> I was trying to take He's a photo of John Bond. <laughs> I'm looking at the photo and just there's Max Gorn. There's just a sea of middle-aged women and Max Gorn in the middle. Max Gorn's just appeared well, from the... Oh, well, that's all right, because he's in a public place and you can't miss him. But I still disagree with you taking photos of AFL players without their knowledge, oh, though, Will. No. Yeah, I um, remember how David King uh, lost his license. Have you got another? Here's him with his golf clubs on a tram. <laughs> that's, that's a snitch. No, all for that. It's a very oh. sly photo. <laughs> I've basically got the long lens out. Hang on, so are we saying, take, no, Will, you can't be taking photos of 
footballs or ex-footballs oh God, I in think, public places. I think I'm a snitch. You, no, I think, you, I think this, you're part of the problem. Hey, Will. Yes. Should we bring serious news back? If you have the opener there. Will and MJ's Serious News. <laughs> no, no, no. Serious News. Oh, well, I guess we're doing it then. This is from the paper today, from the <laughs> Herald Sun. Oh, so no one's seen it. Boy 13 hacked into Apple. As in the company. A boy who was only 13. He didn't just use a machete on a, on a Red Delicious. <laughs> no, he didn't. No. <laughs> no, no, he didn't go to a fruit shop and stab, and stab a Fuji. <laughs> Quite an uninteresting <laughs> story. I don't think, actually. No, maybe. Have you read it? I haven't read it yet. I presume Apple's a company, but hey, you, you maybe you're right. Because that's not a crime. No. No, no, not at all. Unless he didn't buy it. No, it's a healthy... Yeah, yeah, go on. It's a healthy treat for 13-year-olds. <laughs> a boy who was only 13 when he hacked one of the most... Wor- a boy who was only 13 when he hacked one of the most secure computer systems in the world has been warned to use his skills for good rather than evil. Yep. A South Australian court yesterday heard the boy was so skilled he breached Apple's security systems a second time two years later. Hang on. This kid's from Adelaide. Yes. Now, colour me interested. <laughs> the boy, who cannot be named, yeah. pleaded guilty to computer hacking offences committed in 2015 and 2017 with a boy in Melbourne. So he's teamed up with a kid from Melbourne, obviously. Wow. In a little hacking team. See, if, if, this, if I were Apple, <laughs> <laughs> I would be like... The cops in Catch Me If You Can yes. with Leonardo DiCaprio's character, Frank Abagnale Jr. Yeah. And just say, hey, if we have all these flaws in our system, yeah. point them out to us. Yes. Get, get him on board. Yes. Get him on the right side. I'm, I'm picturing Swordfish with Hugh Jackman. I haven't and seen John it. John Travolta. He does He and does a lot of coke in that movie, doesn't he? Uh, that? I, there's, only, there's only two things <laughs> I can remember from that movie. Yeah. And they both involve Halle Berry. Um <laughs> Magistrate David White noted the remorseful, remorseful boy wanted to work in cybersecurity, protect other companies from such actions. So he's seen the light already, this guy. Now, there are some people who would immediately sign mm. him up. I would. Yeah, I would. I'd still have an issue. God knows what he's doing. Do you want to hear what the magistrate said? Yep. You are clearly a gifted individual, but those who have the advantage of gifts don't have the right to abuse them, he said. Yeah, Spider-Man style. You must use your gifts for good rather than evil. Yep. He's set a nine-month, $500 bond without a conviction. Great. With, so, with, with great power comes great responsibility. Comes great responsibility. And if you're a 13-year-old who can hack Apple, yep. get him to Silicon Valley as fast as possible. See, if I sign this kid up to my business, I'd yeah. be worried that mm. overnight just the the website's down he's he's hacked my bank account he's halfway to the philippines do you reckon at 13 years old yeah maybe he his bar's a bit lower but i don't know so you you, you couldn't trust him i wouldn't just hand over all the passwords mind you they're probably <laughs> if he's he hacked ha- into apple if he i don't can hack apple he can he's got you covered i reckon in yeah. terms of he'll get, he'll get i think he'll si- get into simon your black 20 would <laughs> yeah, exactly. wouldn't do a whole lot of <laughs> nathan buckley 5 it's not hard to hack people's passwords. Especially when they're so predictable. <laughs> Didac 4. <laughs> uh, Will, did you catch any of the AFL draft last night? I The mid-season draft. The first time it's happened in 25 years or something like that. I didn't know there was one before this. There was one before it in the early 90s, I think, was the last time it happened. Why did they get rid of it? 
Caro with oh. the new ball. Caro, we start with the mid. Cool. Sorry about that. Why would they get rid of it? I, I don't it, know. It seems like a no-brainer. It seems like a good thing to do. But um, everyone says, oh, this is good if you lose your Ruckman. You can get a Ruckman. From what I've seen, were many Ruckman picked at all? Uh, there was a uh, Ruckman taken by Sydney. The right. reason I know that is because he was playing with a friend of mine at South Adelaide Panthers. Yep. Who are in the best position they've been in in five years. And they've just had the most important player taken from them. Right. So yeah. And, and if uh, you watch Sydney Collingwood on Friday night, you'd realise that Callum Sinclair probably should not be doing it one out. <laughs> no, not, especially when you're playing players like Brody Grundy. Yeah. Um, Geez, he had a game. Now, we've done a lot of footy classified content today because they were on top of it last night. Yep. But there was one thing they were also on top of, and that was uh, the draft and the, si- the setup that the AFL had. Yep. As in the physical setup of the room. Yes. It's fair to say that they didn't blow their whole budget. Here's how they saw it on Footy Classified. Call Caro with the new ball. Caro, we start with the mid-season draft. The AFL spared no expense tonight with the mid-season draft. Good call, bad call. Oh, bad call, Craig. That's a really unfair call from you. Let's have a look at what unfolded. And look, Shifter and Steve <laughs> 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 There's nothing wrong with that. I knew this would Arrow's happen. Arrow's lost the plot. Well, you can just have one You've more look at it if we can upstairs, Karen. You bad calls. You've got to back it up. You've got to be kidding me. I'm sorry. I was trying to make it. Caro has absolutely lost it. The vision they're showing there is of some plastic tables in the foyer of AFL House. It looks like a charity event for like a under-14s. Footy uh, trivia night. I think I remember my under-14s footy trivia night. Yeah. And there was a hell of a lot more work had gone into it than that. At least they had some more passionate mums. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is Will and MJ podcast mode. <laughs> and MJ, I just spotted over your yep. right shoulder there, the Maccas kick to kick with your footy heroes. You across oh, this promotion? I have seen that ad before. I believe it's cursed. Why? You know how they, there's like the Kardashian curse in the US mm. and the... The Madden curse, you'll cross the Madden curse where every player that appeared on the cover of the Madden video game had like a season ending injury the next oh, year. Is that for right? Like 10 years in a row. Or well, Drake's got a curse around him, doesn't Drake's he? Drake's got a curse. Whenever he supports a team, they lose. Yep. And Maccas are a big sponsor of <laughs> Triple M footy. Yeah, luckily we're not on Triple M one, anymore. Wonderful burgers down there. <laughs> Some of but the best. <laughs> apart from Field of Fish, they say. No, no, they're good as well. And <laughs> <laughs> the Maccas kick to kick. Company man. But the Maccas kick to kick is cursed because I'm not sure if you've seen who's leading. He's the face of the, the Maccas kick to kick. Who? It's Alex Johnson. Seven ACLs. Oh, is it? He's, he's not even a listed player. Oh. I don't know whose footy hero is Alex Johnson. Yeah, well, why have they landed at him? Yeah, it's a strange one. But then also in the coverage, they've got Brisbane's Cam Rayner, who's comfortably having mm. the worst season he's ever played since he was about seven, I reckon. Yeah. And uh, Reese Conker. Not having a great year. Not really a curse, just not a very big name player. <laughs> not having the biggest year. Jack Rewalt. How many games oh, has he played? He's gone down. Yeah. Ollie Wines. So he, had, he had the, the water skiing accident. Now he's out. Now he's another, out. How, how long is he out for? Uh, a couple of months. I think so. Yeah, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen much of Port Adelaide, to be honest. But so, I don't think Ollie's playing. <laughs> Tell you what, if there's any AFL players listening, mm. and Macca's knock at your door, yeah, call your manager. Yeah, just pass on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Not to mention, you have to kick to kick with some some eight year old in their backyard who doesn't say much. Essendon chef was in the ad, I think. <laughs> He's having a shocker.
Bill Shorten. Bill, <laughs> Bill Shorten was in it. That mum from Full House. Oh, the the cheating the, scandal. Yeah. <laughs> She's having the worst year out of anyone. Gee, that's neat. She went from rooster to feather duster. Jared from the subway ads. <laughs> He shouldn't have crossed crossed companies. He no. should have stuck with Subway. <laughs> he, should, he also shouldn't have. Anyway, that's <laughs> a, that's enough for today. That is well and truly enough for today. Well, I didn't think it would end on that note. Um, please hit us up on Will and MJ on Facebook we'll if you have any feedback. Week. We'll be back next week. Adios. Bye.